Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, today's message. Well, let's pray, and then we can get started with the message. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray right now that you just let your word saturate every part of us. Let the Holy Spirit come in and empower us. Let our minds be open and our ears be open to the gospel. Lord, just uh, let us just receive from you this morning. Let our minds just perceive what God is speaking. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, for those of you that don't know, I'm Pastor Jamie. I'm the associate pastor here. Pastor Dave is uh, taking a little vacation up in Michigan, uh, which he likes to do at this time of the year, which gives me the opportunity to preach the second part of the message that I started, which I had too much material to finish in one sermon. And I just want to give uh, glory to God because I don't know if you noticed when I was up here earlier, my nose was completely stopped up and I could not breathe all morning. And now, during worship, it opened up. Oh, amen. Like, Lord, thank you. I, was, I literally was praying, going, God, please, I don't want to sound all stopped up the whole morning, you know. And uh, so praise God, he, he answers prayers. Let me flip this back over. Last time I spoke, we talked about how God is building uh, for himself a spiritual house of worship. We read in 1 Peter chapter 2, and I laid out for you the six things God did in Scripture to build this spiritual house. So for those of you that weren't here, I'm going to recap a little bit. Let's, let's start by reading 1 Peter chapter 2. We're just going to read the first uh, nine verses. It says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, and coming to him as living stones, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let's go ahead and keep reading. That's good. For you... Once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You are not, you did not receive, excuse me. 
You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Somebody say amen. Have you received mercy this morning? I am, I am grateful to God for what he has done sending his son Jesus. And I, and I gave you a little hint into my heart. Because this is part of, I mean, if you ask any of my kids, if you ask anybody that really knows me, this is what I try to instill in them. What is the chief end of man? See, because so many people grow up not understanding their purpose. And they try to fill it with all kinds of different things. I know I did. I mean, how many people can say, yeah, been down that road, got that bumper sticker? All right. Try to fill our hearts, try to fill our lives with so many things. Possessions, work, kids, all kinds of stuff. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> right? Right? Let's just I'll be honest. But God has called us to something. He's given us a purpose in our design. It's in our DNA. It's in our fabric. And that is the chief end of man. Why are you here? Because every young person, every adult that hasn't answered that question yet is still asking the question, why am I here? What did God create me for? To glorify him. It's not hard. It's not this, you know, whiz-bang thing. It's right here in the book. He created you to glorify him. And in the Westminster's Catechism, that's the first question. What does the chief end of man? Glorify God. And enjoy his presence forever. Was that good worship this morning? Uh, my whole sermon was in those songs. I was sitting there, I didn't even talk to Randy. I didn't even talk about the song set. I didn't talk to anybody about what I was preaching necessarily on but it was all in the message in the uh, in the song the holy spirit was active and at work in choosing those songs because he has a message for us this morning you're here to glorify my name is what the lord's speaking that sounds a little from human human perspective that sounds like we we serve a pretty conceited god but it's not conceit. It's not self-centeredness. It's the reality of who he is. He is God. He's the creator of the universe. He created everything. He created you. He created me. He created all the material to make this building. Every atom, every cell, every, everything that is in existence came from him. Nothing was created has been created except through Jesus Christ. He is worthy of all of our praise. And we have to, I mean, this is the most important thing. This literally, I'm telling you, what I'm telling you this morning is the most important thing. If you can keep this in the forefront of your mind and never get distracted by the trappings of this world, never get distracted by the things that this world promises, your spiritual sacrifice will be acceptable to God. 
And even when you fail, and even when you mess up, and even when you don't do it right, if your heart is right, it's acceptable and pleasing to God. Man, I just preached my sermon. Let's go home. (laughs) But we're going to go through this. The six things that God did in Scripture here in 2 Peter, or excuse me, in 1 Peter chapter 2 is this. Number one, he said, behold, I lay a stone in Zion. So God places Jesus on earth during the Roman occupation in Zion. He lays a stone. And Jesus says, You know, he walks in, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it again. So he already has proclaimed what he is and who he is. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the person, the the God that this temple will be built upon, this house of worship. He said, destroy what you see here, this temple, he said, and I'll raise it again in three days. But he wasn't talking about the building, he was talking about himself. Behold, I laid a stone in Zion, a precious stone, the chief cornerstone for those that put their faith and belief in him. They will not be dismayed. They will not be disappointed. But for those that don't believe, that are disobedient to the word, a stumbling stone. Can't get past it. Can't get around it. Can't accept it. Can't understand it. All they can do is curse it. Because they have not, they can do nothing with it. It is a stumbling stone that will not be moved. <laughs> How many people have experienced that? You come up, I mean, in your disbelief, you come up to a place of stumbling and you just can't get past it. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you cannot get past it. Until you come up to that stone with belief in your heart and you rub up against that stone, step two, he draws us to himself so he draws us we keep stumbling over it to the point of of belief in our heart then we rub up against it and not only is it a stone a precious stone but it's a living stone so when we rub up against it what happens to us we become living stones so he lays the foundation he draws us to him we rub up against him in belief in our heart we come alive We are now living stones. We are shaped and hewn, and then we're put into a place. We're put into our spot in this spiritual house. So where God has called us, nothing can take the place of that. Until you come to that place, until you become a living stone, And until you surrender your heart to the point where God starts shaping you, molding you, and then putting you into place in this spiritual house that he's building, you will never be satisfied. Mark my words. You'll never be, there'll never be contentment in your heart. He draws us, he molds us, he shapes us, he makes us into living stones, he puts us into place in the spiritual house. And then... He does something peculiar. Not not only does he create a habitat, a dwelling place for his spirit, but then he makes you into a priest. So not only are you the 
the vessel that houses the Holy Spirit, part of a, uh, a temple that's going to bring praise into his name, but now you're the priest that brings praise. And then step six, this is our part. Since God has done all those things, we now offer sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ. We offer sacrifice of praise unto his name. Isn't it amazing what God has done? There's the gospel right there, six steps. So I left you, what are these... uh, with the begging the question, what are these uh, spiritual acts of service? So if the first thing that I said, the chief end of man is to glorify God, that means that now he's made me a royal priest so that I am going to offer spiritual sacrifice to him, offer spiritual praise to him. That is the most important thing. It has become the reason that I'm alive. My existence is wrapped up in offering spiritual sacrifice, bringing glory and honor and praise unto his name. That's why you exist, everybody that can hear me, everybody that sees this on the internet. The reason that you exist is to bring sacrifice and praise unto God's name through, to, and for Jesus Christ. Well, what's the, first, what's the first thing? See, I always ask the question, well, what does that look like? <laughs> I think I'm going to coin that phrase. <laughs> what does it look like? Pastor Dave, I've, I've used this before, but for those of you who didn't hear it, when I came on board, you know, I taught for 10 years, uh, 9 or 10 years in the school system. I taught martial arts. I was a plumber. I, was, I did all kinds of stuff until finally I come into full-time ministry like at 43 years old. So I didn't, know, I didn't know what that looked like. When Pastor Dave said, Pastor Jamie, I want you to uh, do such and such. And I'm going, what does that look like? <laughs> I don't, I've never done that. I've never built a small groups ministry. I've never built a whatever, whatever. Now, I've done a lot of plumbing. And you go back in that corner classroom, I can jackhammer some concrete and lay some pipe. And, you know, I know what that looks like. But building a small groups ministry, what does that look like? I mean, what are the components? How does it work? Because I'm real mechanical. I like fixing things. And everybody's hand went up. I got a toilet you can fix. <laughs> when, I, when I go into a quick stop and the toilet's running, before I use it, I'm like taking the back off going, hmm, what's wrong with this thing? I'm like, I come out and I'm like, hey, I fixed your toilet. And they're like, who's that weirdo? I got to fix stuff. If something's broken, I got to fix it. It's just part of who God made me to be. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says that we are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. What? Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Did Jesus present his body as a sacrifice? Mm. So you're called to do the same thing. 
That means I think that everything you do with your body is to be done as an act of worship to God. Whatever you do with your body, do it to glorify God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So when I'm driving through McDonald's this week and preparing this sermon, I was like, oh. And you guys know that I love some McDonald's. And my wife thinks it's evil. So, so I get texts, like two minutes, I don't know. Online banking, I don't know, you guys. Can't get away with anything. And I don't ever carry cash, so I've always got my debit card. So if I go through McDonald's, I get a little frowny face, a little e- emo on thing. It's like, McDonald's, really? <laughs> I'm talking like, I, I can't, not even out of the parking lot yet. I'm like, do you just like have the account like right here all the time and you see it when it comes up? You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my wife's a little A-type, okay? If you know, you guys know Kim. She's real quiet, real, but she's like, like dotting every I, crossing every T, you know, doing it, you know, her list. She loves lists. How many people love lists? Yeah, I got some woohoo back there. So, you know, we're doing the read through the Bible in one year, right? Kim actually has the Bible that Pastor David is taking the reading plans from. She doesn't need the card to check off what she's read, because she actually has the day-by-day plan within the Bible. And so she's like, hey, uh, make sure that you get me the new card. And I'm like, well, baby, you don't need the card. You have the actual Bible. She goes, yeah, but I like checking off the box. (laughs) I'm like, what's so great about checking off the box? I mean, you read it, right? You know you read it, so it's all good. No, I've got to have the list. I've got to be able to check it off or I won't do it. That just doesn't make sense to me. If you're committed to do it, just do it. Who cares about the box? But but that's the way God brings us together, right? I'm I'm like, wow! You look at my truck, my work truck, Lord, you'll you'll see my personality. (laughs) everything's everywhere go look at my desk I think Einstein said you know they were talking about how the desk is representative of your mind cluttered desk cluttered mind and Einstein you know he was pretty cluttered too and he said uh, well what does that say about an empty desk then Whatever you do with your body, glorify God. Whether it's saying no to your fo- most favorite terrible food. I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever you do. I don't care if you're pushing papers. I don't care if you're swinging sledgehammers. I don't care what you're doing. Do it to the glory of God. Whatever God's called you to, find a way. Find a way to glorify Him. Look Everything that I do with my body, I will glorify God. If it does not glorify God, then scratch it. Focus on the things that glorify God. No, I'm not talking about, I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I am not legalistic in any way, shape, or form. I'm pretty off the cuff and kind of wild. But I do understand this. 
whatever I do, I want to glorify God in it. I'll make anything ministry, I'm telling you. I, I mean, I can be scrubbing a tub after I repair the faucet. The lady comes in and goes, why are you scrubbing my tub? Because I want to show you that somebody cares. To the point where I'll scrub your tub if you'll give me one opportunity. Can I do one thing for you? She's like, what's that? I just scrubbed your tub. <laughs> you know, she, she's going, yeah, you just scrubbed my tub. I'll do anything you want. <laughs> I said, let me tell you about Jesus. Every, my, my father-in-law was really good because it didn't matter. See, I could be evangelist all day long when I was a plumber because, you know, my father-in-law was a Christian man and had the fi- sign of the fish on all of his business cards and on his signs and in the phone book and everything. So when we went into a house, uh, every customer got two cards, a card for the business and an invitation to church. Every single house that was ever serviced in 40 years or 30 years, however long he's been in business, has always received those two things. An invitation to know Jesus, an invitation to church, and a business card. You can do anything. You can take anything and do it for the glory of God. Praise and thanks. It might include singing or speaking words of praise, as in Hebrews 13, 15. Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. So the spiritual sacrifices are the praises and the thanks of the people of, of God's people alone and in group worship. So we give thanks and we give praise individually, but also we come together into this house, into this corporate body, and we offer up praise and thanksgiving together. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints. We are called to this place to serve in this house together, corporately, to come together. All of our gifts, all of our talents, everything, our wealth, our time, everything, to bring it together and corporately offer it unto God. Acts of love. Or it might include acts of love, <laughs> like giving and sharing. I haven't taught my seven and ten year old that yet. Hadn't gotten through. <laughs> it is it is funny. When I start reading this stuff, I crack up because you know I believe that uh, you know that we're totally depraved and we we're in need of a savior from birth. Okay. So I look at my kids and they're I cannot believe two kids love each other and can be mean to each other in equal proportion. (laughs) So Ian's sitting there on the computer, clicking, 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 having a good old time, clicking, clicking, clicking. He's probably six at this time. Aiden's like two. Aiden goes over to the school. You know, we homeschool, so there's a pencil sharpener, electric pencil sharpener. He sharpens a pencil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he stabs him. And Ian's like, ah! And I grab a hold of Aiden. Aiden, what are you doing? He's like, he was in my spot. I was like, that's not your spot. He's in my spot. 
I'm like, baby, you don't have a you know, moratorium on the computer. It's not yours. It's, it's, it's a chair for everybody to sit. He's in my spot. Man, he couldn't say anything, but he's in my spot. He wanted him out. I'm like, oh, the curse of sin. Look at that thing. That's part of our job as parents is to teach our kids and to teach anybody that will listen acts of love. How will they know that you're my disciples but to love one another? Love. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. It's the greatest commandment. Second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hinge on these two verses. That what, isn't that what Jesus said? To love one another. The new commandment. That is the gospel. Do not neglect doing good. Well, let's go back up. It said, or it might include acts of love of giving and sharing. For example, in Philippians 4.18, Paul receives a gifts of support from the Philippian church and says, I have received Epaphroditus, what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And in Hebrews 13, 16, it says, do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. What do we do from, what we do from through and for Christ. What then are spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ? These are the deeds you do, the words you speak, the songs you sing, when you do them spiritually. That is, when you do them in reliance on the power of the Spirit, according to the will of the Spirit and for the manifestation of the Spirit, which is the manifestation of Christ. Everything that we do, no matter what it is, is from God, from Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. I was thinking of an analogy. And the only thing that popped into my mind was this. When it's Mother's Day or some special day, birthday, I haven't done it in a while because Lauren has kind of taken over, so my analogy might fall apart at that point. <laughs> but when the kids are little, I would take them to Walmart. We lived right by Walmart in Fayetteville. <laughs> Man, you look at my checkbook, it's like Walmart, Walmart, Dominion, phone, Walmart, 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 Walmart. I mean, it's ridiculous. But the kids... I'd take them, and they'd get a little present for Mommy, and I'd, you know, we'd go up to the counter. They'd be so excited, and little crafts, little paints, little birdhouse, little placard, little thing for them to make and put their picture on or whatever. And I'd take them up to the checkout, and I'd be so happy. I'd be smiling. I'd buy it for them, and we'd go home, and they'd be like, yeah, let's go. paint on here. And I'm like, okay, let's, you know, come on. Let's make this look nice. Let's paint it this way, paint it that way. 
shape this and cut that and pack that and do this. And we'd make these presents for mommy. And man, the kids would be so happy. They'd be so pleased. And then uh, when the time came, we'd give it to Kim. And she'd be so pleased. She'd be so happy. She'd be smiling. She'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. You guys did such a good job. It looks so wonderful, even if it didn't. You know, <laughs> looks so awesome. But you know my favorite part in that? Being the dad? Because who bought it? Who bought the birdhouse? Who bought the paint? Who took the kids to get it? Whose idea was it? Who got the credit for it? Because then mommy would look at me and go, you're such a good daddy. I'd be like, yeah, baby, you know. <laughs> everything that we do was given to us. Everything that we can create, everything that we can present as a sacrifice to God was given to us by Jesus Christ. He bought it. He paid for it. He gave it to us. He created the house at which we can offer up sacrifices. He made us into a royal priesthood. He did everything. We can take no credit whatsoever. You cannot come to Christ unless he gives you faith to believe. You cannot take credit for taking one step forward to him unless he has given you the faith to believe. How can we ever claim that we have any type of say in it? Now, where we do have say is in how that plays out. And we're going to be getting to that in just a second. I better not spoil my sermon. This is clearly a word that should cause us to do a little self-examination. Is my worship spiritual? If it is not, it is not acceptable to God. If it is, then he accepts it. Not because it is my, uh, not because it's perfect. It never will be in this age. But because it comes through Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices are sacrifices from Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. They get their power from the spirit of Christ. They get their content from the word of Christ. And they have their goal in the glory of Christ. And they flow only from a heart devoted to his power and to his word and to his glory. And that is the only kind of worship God accepts. Y'all, I have four minutes and I still have a page and a half. There might be a part three. <laughs> I have fun up here, y'all. This next section is pretty big, too. I think we can stop right there. Next time, we're going to look at spiritual sacrifices offered by a holy priesthood. This is the only kind of worship that is acceptable to God. It comes from that child's heart. 
just like presenting that gift to mommy. Just like presenting a gift. When we approach God in that way, in that manner, when our heart's full of love, when our heart's full of praise, when our bodies are submitted to him, and we do everything through, to, and for Jesus Christ, acceptable to God. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for today. You are amazing. God, I just pray right now that worship just rise up on the inside of us. Just let worship come out of us. Let everything that we do, we do, Lord God, so that it might be acceptable and pleasing to you. Not to be perfect, not to strive for perfection, not none of that, no. Because nothing we do is on our own. Nothing that we do came out of any natural ability. Because every natural ability, every gifting, we acknowledge that comes from you. And we will not try to do it on our own. Would you uh, stand up with me this morning?